Hello, and welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast, brought to you by Self-Publishing Services, the industry leader in author services and independent publishing. Today, you're here with me, Danica Winters, and I am a Publishers Weekly, Nielsen Bookscan, Walmart, Amazon, and Kobo bestselling author of over 20 novels. In addition to writing for divisions within HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, and Macmillan, I am also a successful hybrid author. I'm the owner and business director of Self-Publishing Services, a business I'm extremely proud of. And I have to say, my greatest source of pride is our outstanding customer service and the desire to be, first and foremost, our author's advocates. If you have any questions, comments, or requests after listening to this podcast, please contact our company at selfpublishingservices at gmail.com or find us on social media at sp underscore services or you can find me at Danica Winters. Welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast. You are here with me, Melanie Callahan, the Marketing Director for Self-Publishing Services and... Danica Winters, the director, the Business Director of Self-Publishing Services and... And we have a very special guest with us today. His name is Nick Morgan. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at steel and strings and he is an accomplished musician and he has recently collaborated with Danica on a project that is going to be released here in a couple of weeks and that's what we want to talk about today is how we can kind of spread our wings creatively and start doing things that are outside the box and the freedom that we have as indie authors to look into those things and we wanted to talk to Nick especially about how we might go about finding some of those partnerships out there. Absolutely. And this actually all started out from Instagram, which is pretty damn cool. Um, my daughter made a little thing on the, on the concrete slab. It said like watermelon sugar for the song. And I was like, gosh, that's really cool. And somebody, another chick hit me up and she's like, Hey, can I use that hashtag for a book title? And I was like, Hey, seriously, that's a book. That's a song title. But you know, what if we chi- like twisted this a little bit, made this the summer vibe um, anthology and then gave back to charity. So from that became this big idea and this big impetus for giving back to what is called the Washington Women in Need organization. Um, they are working for COVID relief right now and getting women back to school and back into college that have lost their jobs because of the quarantine and the pandemic. So it's pretty neat. Um, And that's how this idea for the anthology came about. Right now we have about 12 authors taking part in it. We have um, Pam Binder, Kat Martin, uh, Jerry Russell, Nicole Severin, um, Katie Lee. We have uh, at least six more. And I'm so sorry, I can't remember the names off the top of my head. Um, But yeah, there's quite a collection of New York Times bestsellers, USA Today bestsellers, Amazon bestsellers, Walmart bestsellers, Publisher Weekly bestsellers, um, Chatelaine Award winners. I mean, just incredible authors coming together on this. And um, luckily, I'm sitting with Jerry Russell as the head of this this, uh, endeavor. And I was on Instagram again one day and Nick was singing. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. And from that kind of came this idea of like, hey, what if we did like a collaboration since, I mean, it started with a song 
and it became a book and then it's going back to a song. So Nick and I have actually kind of collaborated and come together and I'm writing a story that matches one of his songs. Do you want to tell us about your process, Nick? <laughs> I don't know that you can even call it a process. Um, <laughs> whenever, whenever Danica told me she was looking for a song for this, I was like, well, you know what? I'll write something up and I'll, uh, I'll kind of submit it. So she kind of told me the gist of what the story was about. I just, I sat down and there's not really a whole lot of process to it. I'll uh, essentially what I do rather than create a song and a melody and then try to find a lot of the words to fit. You could compare a lot of what I do more to like writing poetry and finding a melody that fits with it. I'll have something kind of rolling around in my head while I'm writing it out. Uh, but that's about as technical as it gets. And I just try to, I try to follow a storyline and really any song that I write. I like, I like telling stories. Like I like the writers like Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt and these guys that can really paint pictures and tell stories with songs that they wrote as opposed to, you know, all the beer drinking, tailgating, truck driving stuff that you hear a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let me just so, say, I love country music, but if I hear another song about some tan legged girl, I'm going to probably <laughs> lose my mind. So thanks yeah, for pretty, not writing. <laughs> <laughs> we've, uh, we've pretty much reached capacity on those a while back. I think. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, Nick, do you think it was harder doing this, working with someone like me who is like, hey, this is what the story is about. And it's actually super duper cool. Um, it, it's about a girl that kind of falls in love with this musician, like just like a summertime romance, summer vibe kind of feel um, up on stage. Like she's never met the dude. They kind of meet they, they meet each other's gaze and then it goes from there. And uh, that has to be kind of hard. It is and it isn't. Uh... Well, for me, I'm a natural procrastinator, and I was discussing this with my wife the other day because it's since the the COVID hit and everything's kind of been turned upside down, which uh, me and some of my friends have kind of cha uh, challenged each other, some of my friends that write and sing, to uh, we'll give each other the most random topic in the world that we can think of and be like, you've got 24 hours to write a song, record it, and put it on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Um, awesome. Do you have a hashtag right. for that? Oh, uh, we did. And somewhere it got lost because a lot of other people have been doing similar kind of things. So we just said the heck with it. We were having fun with it. Really. We really didn't care much whether it got out. But uh, <laughs> so it's it's difficult whenever you get parameters. But at the same time, it can also kind of give you a jumping off point, which I like, because sometimes it's real easy to get stuck in the same stale ideas, the same tropes about romance or loss or love or whatever without getting any anything specific so you can write a love song that can be really meandering and not actually go anywhere uh, so for me i like when somebody kind of gives me an idea and it's like hey can you run with this and i need it by this date and then all of a sudden there's pressure and i'm like hey i've got to get this done uh <laughs> Welcome. I, I like we all pressure. work better under pressure here, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> I like pressure and I like deadlines. Uh, if somebody yeah. tells me you've got as much time as you want and you can do whatever you want to, I'm going to sit paralyzed in fear and be like, it's cool, though, because I've got plenty of time. <laughs> oh, so you really are an artistic soul. <laughs> okay, because yeah. I've been called no, a lot I can worse. only do deadlines. Oh, like what, Nick? Like what? <laughs> I don't know if we can go into that on this podcast. I, right before we started um, recording, he said he was a walking HR violation. And that to me, like, that's hilarious. <laughs> you got to tell us the story, Nick. What did you do? Uh, 
just being myself. <laughs> it's, oh. if, I, if I hear a funny joke, well, you've got to also realize this is Texas. The company that bought our, the company that bought my company out uh, was based out of California. So they're very different in Southern California than we are in West Texas. Everybody in West Texas carries guns. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, there are stereotypes about everything for a reason. The stereotype about Texans and their firearms is pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to carjack anybody west of Dallas, Texas, because uh, it will end poorly. Coming well, that, from- that ends that yeah. career choice for me. Yeah, right. Carjacker or <laughs> yeah, carjacker. <laughs> well, coming it's from all, yeah, we can totally relate to the gun thing. I have a minor arsenal in my home. <laughs> I don't want yep. anybody to carjack my house. Is that a house jacking? Like, <laughs> well, maybe. I think that's called a home invasion. <laughs> oh crap! Okay, I like words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's awesome nick hey i want to tell you how honored we are to have you on here and, and uh for doing this project with us so you guys know he did it pro bono like he was like hey i just love the idea i'm i would love to give back to this organization i'd love to give to this charity so here's my time and and to me that is priceless i mean somebody with that kind of a soul um thank you so much nick i can't tell you how much that that means to me <laughs> and I hope that people enjoy this song as much as I have. I actually shared it with my mom and um, it was cute because like the first time I heard it and the sound was all done and it was, it was totally finished. I actually like got off a clamp and like the tears and the whole thing. And I, I'm not a tears girl. So um, <laughs> then when I shared it with my mom, she had the same exact reaction and, and she started to cry. And I was like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. And this is exactly what it was meant to be like this, this project. And um I, I can't wait to see where it goes, but thank you, Nick. No, I was honored to be a part of it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy doing it. Anytime I can do something good with music or, uh, cause I, I'm not a professional musician. I don't make a living doing that, but, uh, anytime I can, uh, anytime I can use it for anything good, I'm pretty tickled. I'm pretty happy about it. So it was glad to be a part of it. You know, Nick, uh, when I started this gig out in writing, um, it was about 10 years ago and my very first writer's group, um, they walked in and they're like, are you an author? And I go, no, I'm not an author. I, I don't, I'm, I, I just put words on paper. Like I'm just starting out. I don't make a living at this. I basically said what you did, but about writing and 10 years later, you know, how the world has turned. And, and I can see that if you're, if you're the kind of person that like is willing to do the things that you're, you've done to like help this organization and help me and, and help SPS, you're going places, keep it up. Here's hoping. <laughs> you got, you got this. So we have a great, about, great sound. What did you say, Mel? That I, he has Nick has a great sound. I listened to the uh, to the song too, and it puts me in. I love country, and I especially love kind of that gravelly, you know, Jamie Johnson, Chris Stapleton uh, kind mm-hmm. of. I listened to this song and was like, "Oh, this just slides right into the rest of my playlist here, and fits very naturally in there." I love I love your voice. I love the song. So. Yeah, yeah, my husband heard it and he thought it was Chris Stapleton. And I was like, oh, nope. Awesome. And I had wow. to explain it to him. And that was like super cool. Like it was just like a really neat. So kudos to you. And I I hope you continue moving forward with your art because you're definitely talented and you, you need to be doing this stuff. And thinking about moving forward, um, what would you say to people like that are in our situation where it can be a collaborative effort with mixed media? 
What have you learned from this process, Nick? Well, I've just learned that there's there's a lot of different ways to gain, uh, especially in music, because with the uh, you know with the digital revolution in music, there is very very little money in actually selling your music now. Um, so because of that, you need to gain as broad of a fan base as you can. Uh, and one of the things I've seen is I have no doubt in the world that your readership uh, and you know what would be like my music fan base coming out of the the Texas country music scene down in this part of the world, which is very very different from anywhere else. Uh, there's very very little crossover uh, geographically or otherwise. Uh, but one thing I've seen is that there's a lot of potential to help gain market shares somewhere else uh, and it simultaneously help somebody else out. Uh, especially if you're an independent author from someplace like Montana or, you know, <laughs> the Northeast or Northwest, you know, maybe there's a chance that you don't have a whole lot of readership in some other geographic location. If you can get, you know, if you can overlap and get a 10% bump, that's, you know, incredible towards your bottom line, especially whenever, with the digital revolution of the arts uh, impacting everything so much. Uh, mm -hmm. Every, every stream and every uh, download counts. Absolutely. So, absolutely. That was um, something that I was super curious about too. And I think this is really exciting for indie authors to consider is going in this direction where you're right. Maybe your fan base um, might be demographically similar to the fan base for, for Danica or for another author that writes, you know, some kind of romance or, or genre that is similar. Um, and so, but they don't know about the both mm -hmm. of you. And so it's all in the marketing and, and getting the word out. And so what I was thinking is it would be interesting to think in terms of if, if an author is going to approach a musician or another artist about collaborating what might you look for in terms of what they could bring to the table for marketing? Like what's going to be most beneficial to you? Because in the end it should be an, a, a mutually beneficial relationship, right? So oh, like, what might you do marketing wise and what might you ask or anticipate that an author would do? Uh, well, the first thing I would say is try to sit down and work all the kinks out to, in the beginning. That way you don't necessarily have to anticipate anything after it gets going. Uh, right you don't want to make any assumptions because anytime you do that, somebody's always going to be upset, you know, kind of outline your questions, concerns, what you can do for the other person. And then ask also, you know, what they can do as far as, you know, their, their fan base, how many streams they have a month. If you're talking to musicians, see what their fan base is. Uh, see if you can get their analytics from the, uh, you know, from Facebook interactions, Instagram traffic, all that good stuff. Uh, I started rambling. I got lost. <laughs> no, actually, I was like, I was lost in your answer. I thought that was awesome. To be fair, guys, great. whoever's listening is Nick actually has an MBA. He is like a crazy smart dude. And, and in addition to being crazy talented, and that is a, kind of the unicorn in any um, artistic endeavor is having a business acumen along with that creative streak. And it's, it's a rare find. He's a he's a gun-toting well, MBA who writes music know, and is so a walking <laughs> That is the best. Yeah, and then, that should be your bio from now on, Nick. I may actually have to go with that because it uh it uh it sounds a lot better than the one that's on there now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, the re the biggest thing would really be just just communicate with the other people and make your expectations and your asks of them 
very clear in the beginning. That way nobody is disappointed or let down. And you've got kind of a, a performance indicator to measure against. Be like, hey, you know, you said you were going to do this. Whenever you did your radio tour for your new album release, you were that included this song or this set of songs. You were also going to give me a blurb about, hey, it's part of this. You know, it's in conjunction with this book that goes towards, you know, this and this author, or it is in this case, you know, benefits this charity, uh, and then vice versa. Uh, if uh, authors on a book tour, you know, make sure to say, hey, there's a set of songs on this album by this band that goes with this you should really check them out you know they're incredibly talented blah 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 and then there's you know if there's a geographic overlay there's obviously the you know where an author can come out and sell books at one of the the artist shows or the artist can do a little acoustic song performance at a book signing uh there's there's lots of ways for overlap uh which is just incredible but like i say that's all got to be kind of kind of hammered down in the beginning of something that way nobody gets uh Mm -hmm gets their hopes up and gets let down. Yeah. So what you're saying just Nick, is we're going to do a, a Facebook live stream at some point together? <laughs> there you go. It's entirely possible. Okay, good. <laughs> I was of that in-person with a little acoustic guitar, and then uh, I was like, wait a second, we, we don't do that right now. <laughs> no, no, but you can do it online, and it'll be super fun. Which, yeah. But, you know, this whole thing is, is kind of um, just unusual and – every aspect. I mean, it it started from social media because of a pandemic and like, I mean, everything just like the rest of the world, it's just crazy. And, but it's, what it's causing is us to think outside the box. And of that, I'm so proud and so honored to, to be a part of it and have Nick involved. And Nick, I look forward to having you work with some of our other authors. If you're game. Oh, absolutely. Like I say, it was, it's the most fun I've had writing a song since, uh, well, since our last little uh, pandemic songwriters challenge where I had the pleasure of writing about toilet paper shortages. Yes. Okay, that's so. <laughs> I was going to ask you to give an example of what some of your, like, put you on the spot. What are the topics that you have to write about in 24 hours? So that is amazing. Oh, yeah. My that's- very, very good friend, Philip Thompson, put me on the spot. I was the first. He's the one that started the whole challenge. And he's a he's a song- singer songwriter down here uh, in the little town where I live. And uh, we uh, we kind of like to give each other a hard time. And he, he started the ball rolling on all this. And he, he told me my topic was toilet paper, and I had 24 hours. So what I, I wrote what amounted to a uh, love note to Charmin Toilet Paper. Uh, <laughs> and you can, you can find that song on my, uh, my Instagram TV videos, I think. Clearly, we're going to have to hashtag this with Charmin now so we can get some corporate sponsors. Like- right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Awesome. I was I was trying to to slide in and get that corporate sponsorship because I think if they get a hold of it, they're going to be mighty impressed. So. I think it'll oh. be better than the slightly creepy singing bears that they have now. Is mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Charmin, take note. <laughs> right, but but that's interesting that you talk about um, you know this kind of collaboration in terms of you know, all the different ways that you can go back and forth online, you know, social media really opens that up for the ways that you can interact and the ways that you can engage other people and even broaden the scope, you know, like, do, you know, and I think that what's really exciting is how creative people can be. I actually have an author that I'm working with right now, who also happens to be in Texas. And she just released a sci-fi Western book with some <laughs> romance cool. it's super cool it's set in texas 
dystopian, post-apocalyptic, genetic mutation, a little bit of romance, a little bit inspirational. It crosses all the boundaries. Um, but she also happens to be a singer-songwriter and a graphic artist. And so oh, wow. she kind of comes with this built-in package of, like, she does all the things. And she's doing, like, a radio drama podcast, um, serialization of her book. She's releasing it in print and digitally. Um, and not every author, obviously, that we work with is going to have that, you know, going to be that triple threat or quadruple threat. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, getting involved with people like you can really broaden their scope, too. And so, uh, like, thinking in terms like that, do you do audio production at all? Or, have, like, in addition to singer-songwriter, you know, do you produce your own audio? Do you go the direction of, you know, what about lending your voice to a dramatic reading of a book or anything like that uh haven't ever had the opportunity to but i you know that's one of those deals where if i'm the type of person that i've gotten <laughs> every good thing that's ever happened to me in my life uh this podcast for example uh is <laughs> the result of me saying well i'm not real familiar with it but why the hell not you know let's do it <laughs> so that's that's kind of just where i fall uh in my attitude towards a lot of things but uh, don't do any of uh, my own music. Well, we try to do as much of our own production here as we can because aside from being resourceful, we're cheap because I got two kids, <laughs> one of which is 16 and the other one is 12 going on 16. Uh, oh, no. Good oh, luck yeah. with that. Yeah, and, yeah, she, and, that, and that's my girl, so pray for me. <laughs> of course. Uh, but, uh, no, we're, we try to be resourceful. We try to do as much of that as we can. Uh, for this project, I didn't do any of the final mix or mastering on it just because I knew there was a time crunch on it. So uh, I, uh, I hired a professional for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. It turned out so good. And so, Nick, what is the title of your song? Because, okay, I have to tell you, I want to title my short story the same. And I was thinking a short and precious time. What are you thinking? I like it. Uh, uh, my wife, my wife will tell you that I'm the world's worst at titling songs. Uh, I, I literally <laughs> used to have one in college that I would sing called Number Three because oh, nice. I didn't have a title for it. <laughs> that is very descriptive. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know that oh. song with the thing. What's it called? Number Three. Yeah, that Number one. Three. Yep, I yeah. can relate to that. <laughs> Titles are like the hardest. They oh and once gosh, that title north. well. Once it runs dry, it's like, I don't know how you replenish that well of titles. It's just gone. Well, and I've been studying the lyrics, too, for this song that he wrote, because mm -hmm. I'm trying to write the story according to his lyrics, because I'm like, I can write whatever. Like, just give me the parameter and I'm going. Like, kind of like Nick that way. And so (laughs) I've been been studying it. And I'm like, where can I pull a title from this? And and that works for both things. And it's... It's actually been so much fun. Like, it's, this is such a different project for me, too. Like, oh, I, I would love to do something like again, this again, maybe next summer, and, and keep this kind of impetus going, and which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it, a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and to give back is incredible, too. I'm one of those artists that, like, every single book series, every single anthology I do, we always kind of have um, some sort of charity or philanthropic effort that we're working towards. So in the past, I've done like um, equine therapy for kids with disabilities. Um, we raised quite a bit of money for that. We've done, I've done YWCA charity um, with Coles, which was really cool. Um, so this is a new one for me, and I'm and I'm so glad to be working with with you, Nick, for Washington Women in Need. Um, they're just a great organization, and 
Um, if you guys have organizations, you guys, you know, listeners have organizations that you think that um, are just reputable charities that um, you'd like to see gain some foothold or some traction, um, why don't you leave them in the comments and, and we can look into those too, because we're always looking for ways to give back. Yeah, I would not have occurred to me to do like a combined book signing, you know, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, that's, I would, yeah, I think that would actually turn out really well. We had a, a local author here. He, like I said, we do a, we do an open mic that I host every month uh, here at, ironically, a little bookstore, coffee house, and bar here in downtown Sweetwater. Oh, that's that a friend what we of need mine in owns. a bookstore. Yeah, basically they made a public house is what they did, and that was kind of what they were going for. And uh, one of our lo a local guy that does much like cowboy poetry and stuff, he did a book signing up at our little open mic, so a lot of people in town got exposed to a lot of local artists that they had no idea were there, and uh, and then a lot of the kind of people that come up and play and watch the open mic got to see this guy that they is an author that they didn't quite know existed. So it was really cool. That is that really cool. cool. Also, just the idea of a bookstore slash bar slash coffee house. And if you could throw dessert in there, I'm in. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's my favorite place on the planet. I love it. It's uh, Argo's Brew House and Bookseller in Sweetwater, Texas. And uh, it sounds it was like a road trip. It almost, the, <laughs> the joke almost writes itself because it was opened up by some friends of mine and it was two lawyers and a uh, Episcopalian uh, minister. Oh, nice. <laughs> that opened it up. So, oh, it was great. It was great. I know you had mentioned that you were going to ask how would somebody, uh, you know, oh, how would yes. an author or something that wasn't familiar find somebody? Yes. Okay. Let's kind of roll on that. And so let me, I'll ask you that. Okay. So if, if I know of an author who's looking to get into a collaboration like this or is interested in that, how would that person go about finding an artist like you? Like what are the best channels that we can research to find a really great artist that fits kind of with our voices too? Well, this is my opportunity to kind of to plug and blur, but your local music scenes, uh, we're very, very fortunate in Texas uh, and in Oklahoma uh, to the same degree. Uh, and even in the New Mexico, some, we have a really, really strong local local and like i guess even regional music scene uh to where every little town that's got a bar will do live music and they'll do things like writers nights and open mics and things of that nature but what i would recommend is you know at the same time you're doing research you can help support your local music scene by kind of getting plugged in and finding out who's out there whenever you get you know you go to any of these local shows even if it's not somebody that you're interested in, you can find kind of the circles and where those people hang out at, you know, if they've got their own hashtags that they use on social media uh, to where you can, you know, in their real world adventures and in, in their online uh, social media, you can kind of get plugged into that local scene. And you'd be honestly surprised how many people there are out there that sing and write and uh, do things like that. A lot of them, just like me, that have day jobs, uh, did, just do it because they love doing it. Um, in our small little town here of about, I think, 10 or 12,000 people, you know, we regularly get 10, 12, 15 people, you know, every month that come up to our open mic and they'll have new songs that they've written uh, just kind of for the love of the game, for lack of a better word. So that's the 
one thing I would definitely recommend is get plugged into your local or regional music scene and, you know, partake because, you know, if you want those people to be a part of your project, you know, they, especially if you're the one approaching them, showing a little support on, uh, showing them a little bit of support uh, goes a long way because the, the music business is, it's tough. It's really tough that, right now. That makes total sense. And it, there's a lot of parallels, I think, between being an indie musician and being an indie author, you know, you're, you're basically, you're responsible for every part of your career as an indie musician, just like as an indie author. And so just like, I mean, authors are fabulous in the way that they really do look to support other authors because we recognize we're Mm -hmm. not competing with each other. We're, you know, like the more great content that's out there, the better off everybody is. And so Mm -hmm. just extending that out to the music community and, and finding those indie musicians that are around you. I think that's excellent advice and something that I will definitely take to heart. I know that also goes as far as like, I'm always looking for really bad about finding new music. Like I just turn on the thing and listen and, and I find that the algorithms that those streaming services try to tell you that they use to give you fresh new music never work. And I end up listening to the same 10 songs over and over again. And I get really tired Mm -hmm. of that. And so just getting out and about in your local music community is a great way to get exposed to more of that and to help kind of spread, spread awareness of some really great artists that are out there. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it, it can sound counterintuitive because you're like, well, why would I want, you know, just this, this local guy writing a song for my book until you stop and look at uh, one of the greatest writers of this current generation of singer songwriters, Jason Isbell, uh, he started out as a local singer songwriter, playing at open mics and bars in his hometown. Uh, uh, Bo, Bo, not Bo. Uh, uh, last name's Barnum. A uh, band called American Aquarium. Brilliant, brilliant writer. He started out uh, singing and playing bars in Raleigh, North Carolina, for years before he blew up and got big. You know, his overnight success that took him a decade and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That sounds just like publishing. Yep. Oh yeah, no. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a singer here in Texas called Zane Williams. He's got a song called "Overnight Success" that outlines the decade or so that it takes to become an overnight success, and it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, Nick, I have a question for you. That I don't think we covered is uh, how did you kind of get into this? Like, how, like were you like five and like singing in the bathroom or like what? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, I've been. I've been singing in the bathroom and singing in the car ever since I was a little kid. And I started playing guitar whenever I was about 12 years old. Uh, and I never got really serious about it. Just like any other teenager, I I got an electric guitar and I learned how to play a bunch of the rock songs that were on the radio. And But I grew up listening to, you know, Reba McIntyre and Waylon Jennings. And I grew up 20 minutes away from Waylon Jennings' hometown. My oh, wow. dad almost... My dad almost got in a fight with his younger brother at a baseball game because <laughs> they were around the same age. Uh... So that's the kind of stuff I grew up listening to. And, you know, I rebelled in high school, learned how to play all the rock music. And uh, as I got into college, uh, well, even in high school, some, there was a band called The Great Divide that turned me onto this kind of whole kind of underground indie outlaw. I don't know what the name they have for it now. Uh, here it's just called Tex- Texas and Red Dirt Music. But I got turned on to this whole different kind of country music the guys like pat green or wade bowen randy rogers i love pat green oh i love randy rogers i've seen him in concert (laughs) 
a, a good friend of mine from my childhood is his uh, fiddle player. Oh, uh, wow. And a lot of those guys came through Lubbock, Texas, uh, which is where I went to college at Texas Tech. And uh, I went there for about a year and a half, and I really didn't do a whole lot. And then, ironically, it was a bad breakup with a girl that I started writing songs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the standard mm-hmm. trope. But I started writing songs and singing them for my buddies and stuff, and it just came up one time. A friend of mine, his cousin was a singer, a tremendous singer, named Wes Nixon. And uh, he's like, hey, he's looking for a guitar player. You should go up to his open mic and, you know, try out. And I was like, well, I'm a terrible guitar player, but I can sing. So I got up and sang some songs, and... I did not get the job playing guitar, but he did say, hey, come back every Wednesday and I'll put you up for half an hour and you can play and sing and do whatever you want to. So at 19 years old, I started doing that and that turned into, uh, you know, I was traveling on the road with him and a couple other bands as a full-time opener because I never managed to put my own band together in college. Uh, (laughs) I had too much fun just playing and singing on my own. Uh, And I did that for about, I did that for the entire five and a half years I was in college, working on my undergrad. Yeah. And uh, it was great. I know, like five and a half years to get your undergrad. Okay. I like it. You must have played hard. I did. (laughs) I I enjoyed my time in college. I stretched a four-year degree out to five and a half years. But uh, uh, to be fair, though, and in case my parents decide to listen to this, it was also because I worked about 60 hours a week on top of that. Oh, yeah. I yeah, did not mm-hmm. take out we believe you, stu- Nick. We believe you. Hey, you don't have to believe me. The student loan people do. <laughs> okay, that's all that's important. Yeah, yeah they, uh-huh. they didn't. They didn't know my name until I went back and got my master's degree. So nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it was it smart. was hard taking uh you know ten to twelve hours a semester when everybody else is taking fifteen and getting out in four years. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. whenever I was not paying those eleven hundred dollars a month. Uh, student loan payments i felt like i was the smart one all of a sudden yes oh yeah oh you were that's that's how i got into it uh i kind of whenever we had my oldest i kind of slowed down a lot you know be a responsible adult i played at the house and played for the kids and really just over the past three or four years uh have you know as my kids are getting older and doing doing their own things i've started getting a lot more back into it like i say started trying to help some uh, local musicians around here and uh just, I like seeing people succeed. You know, if somebody's writing songs and they're good, I want people to know about uh, Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. I'm not looking to make a living at it, so I'm just trying to spread the love and help some other people out. Well, yes. let's help them make a living at it, Mel. Yeah, I would love hey, to because... I wouldn't <laughs> say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I'm... we've always been about encouraging dreams, for real. Like, whether it's writers or singers or songwriters or... Um, we've even worked a little bit with, with film. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see people get a foothold and grow. And, and I hope to watch you just take off. I know I will, you know, you get those feelings about people and you're like, yep, that's one. And, and I just, I can't tell you how much I have that feeling, like where I just so, so believe in you and, and it's a rare thing. It really is. I mean, occasionally with authors, it'll happen. And, um, so anything we need for anything you need from us, Nick, don't be afraid to reach out and everybody listening. If you would like to work with Nick, it's at steel and strings on Instagram. He is a pleasure to work with, um, which is amazing because a lot of people can be tough. He and I had one phone conversation. It lasted about 30 minutes and I yelled at my dog for most of it, um, about what our <laughs> expectations were. 
<laughs> and it, it, I mean, but basically that's all it took was just like a 30 minute phone call and a few emails back and forth. And we had a collaborative effort that was so functional and um, he's reliable, great to work with. I mean, just fantastic. So thank you, Nick. And again, if you need anything, let us know. Absolutely. Glad to be a part of it. And that, uh, I just want to reinforce, like I said, that uh, what you were just talking about, you know, make your, make your wishes known at the very beginning. Don't be unclear about anything and things go smooth. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that goes for whatever kind of partnership you get into as an author, whether that's with your agent or your editor or your, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a music collaborative partner, um, all of those things. And get it it all in writing. Okay. too, As far as like, this is the expectation and and this is what we, we should look for. And this is my goal, but that may not be reached, you know, but make everything really accessible for both parties. Um, Make sure that you have your rights covered um, as far as, who gets what, because especially working from music to, to um, writing, like he was generous enough to grant us the rights to his lyrics and to That's his production amazing. for marketing and for every, I mean, it was just, Nick is so generous. And so, yeah. And he got a good mic out of it, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. But it, um, anyhow, if, if you guys do work together with someone like Nick, um, Nick, is there anything that you would like to um, specifically ask for in a contract moving forward with anybody as, before we let you go? Uh, me or really any other uh, recording like artist? Advice. Is, yeah. Just, uh, just recognize that for the most part, anytime you're going to get involved with somebody that writes their own music or records their own music, uh, owning the rights to owning the copyright and the uh, basically owning a song outright is incredibly important to, uh, mm-hmm. to anybody, especially anybody that makes their living in music. Uh, if you've ever seen the old, you know, the old, uh, washed up Motown singers that were on top of the world back in their heyday. And now all of a sudden they're living on food stamps. It's because their record labels or somebody else owned all the rights to those songs. They Ooh. got paid for the touring. Um, uh, and so even though those songs live on in perpetuity because they're classics, they're not making a dime off of them. So if somebody goes to asking, you know, insisting that they maintain all of the rights, uh, recording, publishing for the audio of those songs, understand that that's the reason why. And, and that is why it has to be clear. Like with between you and I, I said, you're granting us rights. You're not giving me the rights. I don't own yes. your song. We don't own mm-hmm. your song. And, and that needs to be clarified in those written contracts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the right of use, uh, but not yeah. the right of ownership. Yeah, exactly. And, and the same, we've talked about this on other podcasts where the same goes in publishing, like do not give your rights away to a publisher um, or a scam publisher, make sure that you're doing your research. Um, if you're, if you're very, very new to this, you can always use a lawyer. Um, mm. But if you have questions, you can reach out to people like, like Nick and myself and Mel, and we can give you the knowledge that we have and are happy to share. So. Right. Oh yeah. Cause the odds are if somebody wants to buy the rise to something outright that you're on to something good. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Same in publishing. True. So yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nick. And, and thanks for coming on and we enjoyed having you. No, thank y'all for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. So everybody go check out Nick on Instagram at Steel and String. Did I get that right? Steel and Strings. Steel and Strings. Yes, ma'am. Steel and Strings. And uh, take a listen to his music and um, drop us a line if you have any questions. Um, What was that? 
Yeah, and support um, Nick and his endeavors. And we'll put links to the songs when they go live. And the anthology that he's working on or that we are working on is called Summer Vibes Romance Anthology. That goes live on August 4th. Um, and all the money, again, goes to WWIN. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. It was fun to chat today. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Never believed in love at first sight Till you showed up in my atmosphere That summer night Never believed I'd ever feel at home Till I knew the warmth of your embrace To a country song Baby, let your walls down You already knocked down mine Life is more than tragedy Just let your soul shine Be free in who you want to be Pressure all goes to mine Because we're only here on earth For a short and precious time And I know that it scares you Opening up yourself to someone for the first time Baby, you can breathe Cause I want all of you Girl, I walked that line Baby, let your walls down You've already knocked down mine Life is more than tragedy Just let your soul shine Be free in who you want to be And press your goes to mine Because we're only here on earth For a short and precious time Just let go Baby, hold on to me Be the one that you were meant to be Know that when you call I'll be waiting here for you So baby, let your walls down you already knocked down mine Life is more than tragedies Just let your soul shine Be free in who you want to be Press your heart close to mine Because we're only here on earth Because we're time.